Yes, welcome everyone. It's great, I, I know most of you. But, um, you know, if you don't know many people um, in this meeting, uh, I think we can still connect on a deeper level as human beings, you know, human beings with feelings, struggling. So although we don't know our personal stories and we have different faces, we are all uh, connected on that level. So if you look into the group, then um, see if you can connect with uh, that common humanity, what Christy Neff calls com common humanity, that we are all human beings with feelings. Some of, some of us have difficult feelings now. And uh, let's try to uh, be in that together. Transcending uh, projections and transcending borders. Uh, experiencing uh, the connection as uh, a connection of brothers and sisters. Most of you have been uh, at teachings with me or guided meditations in Copenhagen and somewhere else. So your body knows how it is to be in that space. And of course, it's also somehow nice that we bring the Sangha or the connection to the teachings into our homes. Not going to a special place, but being at home and still connecting with uh, uh, with your sangha. And uh, we will follow the structure we you know from Copenhagen, so. I will talk a bit and then we uh, start with the guided meditation and then we will have a break around eight o'clock uh, for 15, 20 minutes or where you can get up and do whatever you need to do. It's a bit more difficult to stay focused uh, sitting in front of the screen, um, but uh, I think it's possible. And uh, the topic I want to explore uh, for our first meeting is what in Tibetan is called Lojong. Uh, so the Lojong teachings, which one can translate as uh, transforming attitudes. Or, um, it's also called mind transformation. So the Lojong teachings are about finding ways to relate what is happening uh, so that it enhances our wisdom and compassion. And it's based on the simple insight that it's not what is happening, it's what you make out of it. And what you make out of it, that is uh, up to us. So it is a function of our conceptual mind to give meaning 
to what is happening. And we can't change what is happening, but we can always reflect uh, upon the way I give meaning to what is happening, what I, how I relate to it. Is that uh, beneficial for me? Is that, um, is that uh, nurturing my kindness and my wisdom? And if not, then how can I think about what is happening in a way so that I uh, can benefit even from a situation, from a difficult situation and grow uh, and uh, become uh, more the person I want to be. This is, of course, not only a, a practice you find in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, but it is an important aspect of one's practice. So what is less important is what is happening. More important for a practitioner is what does it do with you? And uh, can I change the way I think about the situation and I, I am? And can I change how I relate to my feelings? Because what we want to avoid as practitioners is that a situation like this brings out the bad aspects, the self-centered aspects, the tribal aspects in us. Uh, obviously, it will bring up these aspects, but uh, we don't need to put them onto the driver's seat. So we want to have the caring, calm, and compassionate aspect of us in the driver's seat. And in that way, this situation can, can be a bit of a test for us, how stable is our practice? Because probably it's getting worse. I mean, this little crisis will, uh, will pass, you know, but uh, there will be probably even more difficult experiences in our life where it's easy to regress into a self-centered, mean, and violent person. So the uh, reminding ourselves uh, of the possibility to change the way you think and being inspired to stay a decent person, a kind person, a caring person, a non-violent person, a loving person. One of the gifts of this time, um, just to bring one point uh, already into the beginning of uh, this evening, is that it's a reminder of our mortality. It's a reminder that uh, it's a reminder It's a reminder uh, that a death is certain and the time of death is uncertain. And everything can happen at any time. So not to get scared, but to uh, reflect upon 
the priorities in our life. This coming weeks can be a wonderful opportunity for us to reflect on the certainty of death and the uncertainty of the time of death. And this meditation can, uh, this reflection can help you to check up. Uh, do you really live the life you want to live? Have you, have you put out your poem? Have you expressed what you want to express? Or are you uncomfortable with the fear that death is possible at any time and there's things still which you have not expressed or things you feel you would need to forgive to, towards yourself and others? So a time like, like this can help us to, uh, so that we can emerge from it as a more the authentic person we want to be being more brave in expressing what is in our heart and what is in our creativity. You might not ha have more time to uh, publish your novel or to forgive your father or to say to a person, I love you. So let's um, take 15, 20 minutes to connect with our inner life. If you make yourself comfortable, but also see if you can sit with a certain dignity, like a gentle dignity, the gentle dignity of the spiritual warrior, uh, making a gesture for yourself that you are willing to meet who you are in this moment. And if you like, you can close your eyes. If you keep your eyes open, your, relax, uh, your gaze is relaxed, uh, not particularly looking at something. And then just notice what happens if you my contact with how you feel and what you bring into this moment. And for that, it is necessary that you shift from the head into the body. Your attention or your awareness slides down, maybe first the whole body, even down into your feet. You'll notice your posture. It might be helpful to stabilize your attention a bit with the breath. So with each in-breath sliding into the body and feeling the aliveness, the energy 
And important here is that you welcome the guests or whatever guests there are in your body. You welcome them, them. Of course, there's thoughts, but they become less important. As if they are clouds passing, they can come and go, but you don't get hooked as best as you can. You feel your hands and your belly, the breath. We can appreciate that we making this gesture together. And then with the out breaths, it might be possible for you to release or give more space so that your belly softens and your shoulders. And if you notice that you entangle yourself in the stream of thinking, you just gently and without, without hurry, you return to the liveness in your body. And if there's something unpleasant, what we explore here is what happens if you let that be okay, if you just let your inner life, your feelings, your mood be what it is. You give yourself the permission to do nothing, just some some minutes of connecting with your inner life in a non-manipulating way. And your awareness and your breath, they become like like a hug, like hugging a friend.
returning and resting. If you notice that you try to get something or you try to get rid of something, allow yourself to soften, relax the grasping. Just be here with us. And then for those of you uh, for whom it makes sense, um, we can call upon the presence of our teachers and masters and mentors. And that could be the Buddha or the Dalai Lama or Jesus or so people who embody the qualities for you, what you want to bring into your life. And we feel their presence like the morning sun rising after a cold night, warming you, bathing you with your whole body. You can hear their voices. There's a scent of loving kindness. Feel how you are bathed in care and unconditional love, the loving gaze. And whatever arises, you know, feelings, sensations, thoughts, they come and go within the gentle loving gaze. A warmth or a light which is coming and bathing you from all directions, also from the back. And then returning and resting.
And there's nothing you need to do. It's more uh, a surrendering and allowing. Sliding into a place of contentment. Finding a place of rest in this moment. Without this mo moment needing to be different than it is. And then the teachers, masters, mentors, they dissolve into that light or that warmth, that scent of loving kindness and that fills your body and gathers particular around the heart. If you bring your awareness lightly onto the heart together with your breath and you become aware of the Buddha within. the goddess within, or Tara within, or the Jesus within. And you can imagine a Buddha there, or a lotus, or a sun. You become aware of the source of your loving awareness, the source of your wisdom in the center of your being. Then from that source, the light, the warmth, the kindness starts to spread into your body and then to the pores of your body into all directions, into your surroundings, into this group, from heart to heart, from Buddha to Buddha, from goddess to goddess. And then you feel how you are the source of joy, of love, of care, including yourself, including the other, maybe more scared or more contracted aspects of yourself. All that is bathed in loving kindness from the Buddha within. into your surroundings, into the city where you are, into the country where you are. 
looking and feeling into your world with uh, Buddha's eyes and with Jesus' hands and uh, with the body of the goddess. And then if you have your eyes closed, uh, you open them and see if you can stay connected with your body. And if you can look uh, at the people on the screen as uh, Buddha, as Jesus, as uh, the goddess would look. And uh, so you can also see yourself there. So you can include that image also. So that you see the little me there and you can look at the little me, which is, uh, which sometimes you think you are uh, with the same love as you look at the others. And in a moment like this, we can also remember that there's not only us here who sit in, uh, in, in silent prayer or you know, in the presence of the divine, in the presence of uh, Buddha qualities, but uh, right now there is you know, millions of people all over the world who in prayer and in meditation. And uh, so in, in this kind of uh, practices, you are never alone. There's uh, people for you. There's people praying for you right now. And that's 24 seven. Then since uh, a few thousand years. Yeah, so I will uh, share some of the reflections, uh, some of the reflection within in the Lojong teachings, and then uh, we will have a break. Uh, you can interrupt me if you have a question, but I will also give some space for comments and questions after the break. So the first point I know I already mentioned that uh, a time like this is a possibility for a practitioner to 
bring the reflection on the certainty of death and the uncertainty of the time of death you know, more into reality, more, you know, it, it's more obvious. And it's, um, this is not only your own mortality, but also the mortality of, uh, you know, the people you love. For them, it's the same. They, they, they will also die and you don't know when. I'm in Germany right now. I'm taking care of my mother and she is, uh, she has lung cancer. And um, unfortunately, she catch the cold. I, I don't know if it's Corona. So uh, she is uh, struggling a lot, you know, just breathing. And uh, so, of course, I, I, I kind of got used to her uh, approaching death uh, the, last, the last year. Uh, but uh, that is true for, uh, for all our, uh, for, for the people we love. Um, they will all die and uh, some of them will die before you. So this time for a practitioner is a good time to check actually uh, you know, how much have you familiarized yourself with this reflection, with the reflection on death? Is it a surprise suddenly? Oh yeah, I could die. That would be so terrible. But you, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit surprised, you know, that people are surprised because it's, uh, it's obvious. And uh, I guess some of you uh, are less busy than usual, um, which is a good thing from, from the point of view of a practitioner. Uh, so it's really like a forced retreat for some people. And then one can um, benefit from reflections like this, really coming back to the question, what is important in my life? What does really matter? Connected with that is um, the topic of refuge. Because, uh, you know, experiencing, uh, you know, for some of us for the, for the first time, that structures we rely upon, that they are not reliable. And I mean, I guess, you know, quite a lot of us will experience more of that in the future. This will be not the last crisis. Yeah, so a time like this is a good time for you to reflect upon what is my refuge? What do I turn to? You know, you can observe yourself. What do you, what do you return to? And is it a safe direction? It is, is it something which nobody and nothing can take away from you? Because only that is a safe direction, only that is a refuge. So if our refuge is, uh, you know, going out and uh, traveling and, you know, entertainment and uh, having, uh, having a, being distracted all the time, uh, that is not a safe refuge. 
also our health insurance and uh, our pension plan is not a safe refuge. Our job is not a safe refuge. So what is your refuge? And it is definitely possible to come to a place in your life where you feel, where you are in contact with that deep refuge, which in the Buddhist tradition is called Buddha nature or loving awareness or the nature of your mind or Christ consciousness in the Christian tradition. You know, so it doesn't matter what, what word you give to your deepest refuge. And uh, the purpose of practice and purpose, the purpose of meaning, uh, the purpose of meeting like this is to remind each other of that which nothing and nobody can take away. That which was never born and can never die. And fortunately, some of us have more time now to, uh, to move towards that. And it is, has to be personal. I mean, nobody can tell you, yeah, take refuge in the Buddha nature or you know something. It, it has to be something personal, something simple and personal. So something, uh, something where you really feel you can turn towards, you know, no matter what is happening around you. No matter how chaotic uh, the situation is no matter how much certainty there is around you. So the another uh, uh, way uh, in the Lojong teachings to transform a situation is particular when it, if it's a challenging situation is uh, to use a situation which is difficult to connect with compassion, with love. So, by by realizing that uh, the difficult feelings you might have right now, I mean, which is still a bit of a luxury situation uh, compared to, uh, to compare how most people on this planet live every day uh, for their whole life. But still, I mean, it's new for some of us. Mm, so to, uh, to um, net, not to get caught up into, oh, how horrible it is for me, uh, uh, but to actually uh, realize in, a in, in the difficult moments when our re reactivity kicks in, our self-centeredness kicks in, 
uh, to just remember I'm not alone with this. There's many other people who who struggle. And uh, and using that experience uh, for uh, connecting with the wish uh, may people find a place of more ease. May people be free of the suffering. So it's like a, a shift from oh me me what about me and my family and and oh I, what do I do after or you know for some you know for some your business is just collapsing. And so it's like me 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 uh, to kind of notice that uh, we can't like not have these kind of thoughts and feelings because uh, the narcissist in us is so is so uh, you know is so powerful but to to notice that and then to make that shift and say wow i'm not alone with this there's many other people who are experiencing the same so then your own difficult feelings and your own difficult situation of uh, and the experience of uncertainty becomes a source of uh, um, enhancing your capacity to, uh, to love what is, to love what arises. So you make a shift from identifying with uh, the reactivity into identifying with that which has the capacity to respond to what is happening with uh, love and wisdom. This is one of the major benefits uh, of uh, having problems. Uh, that having problems has the capacity to enhance our capacity to respond to what is happening with love. Whatever arises, you love that as best as you can. It's, it's like, I mean, that's the direction. It's, it's like an idealistic direction, but we can move towards it. Uncertainty and chaos, according to Trungpa Rinpoche, is good news. Because it is uncertain, it is. It's just, it's just covered sometimes by routine and uh, you know the feeling that Denmark is a safe state and you know uh, it's covered uh, by by uh, il the illusion of certainty. There is no safe place in the conditioned world. There never was. So again, what is your safe place?
another uh, uh, aspect of the teachings of Lojong is, uh, you know, to reflect on uh, the teachings on karma. So that's a bit uh, a far stretch for some of you, but I, I, I just want to uh, um, bring that up also. So according to the teachings on karma, what is happening in our life is not uh, happening by chance or it's not happening because kind of a creator God created it or something. But uh, what is happening in our life is a reflection uh, of how we treated others in the past. So according to the teachings of karma, every actions, every action, every uh, particular in the relationship to others does not just disappear after the, the action is finished, but there is a, like a residue which is coming which is traveling with uh, the stream of consciousness. And so according to these teachings, and I don't want to convince you that it is like that. So it is uh, just one of the many interpretations humans came, came, came up to explain the un unexplainable. Uh, but I think it's, it's a quite empowering way to look at what is happening in your life. So according to these teachings, what is happening in your life is a reflection of the universe uh, and showing you where you are stuck, where there's still things to heal, where there's still things to work uh, uh, upon. Yeah? So let's say, uh, I mean, kind of uh, a bit of a, freestyle uh, reflection. So let's say uh, right now you experience that some of the structures you usually feel safe with, they fall away. Like, you know, there's always toilet paper in the, in, in the shop and there isn't suddenly. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, that's like for us uh, pampered uh, Northern European, it, it, it can really like, you know, hit us, yeah? Because there, there's always, I mean, we're entitled to have toilet paper. And it always has been like this in our life. Um, so uh, experiencing that kind of uncertainty uh, in, in your life, according to the teaching on, on karma, is a reflection upon how you treated others in the past. So that would be that in the past, and now past, I'm talking also about past lives and I'm, I'm aware that I, I'm starting to lose about 30% of the people here. But, you know, I mean, you have to know if you join a Buddhist teaching that you will also get a Buddhist teaching. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I will get back to more on the ground practices after the break. So, um, so, so that could be something like that you in the past have uh, destroyed safe structures, safe structure for other people because you had the power to do so. I mean, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just, you know, giving a possible explanation, just a spontaneous reflection. So, so, so the situation uh, which is happening 
uh, is a reflection of your inner life. Unfortunately, what usually happens is that we respond to a situation like this with habits which created the situation in the first place. So let's say uh, structures which you usually give, give you safety, they fall away. What happens? We become self-centered and violent. And, and in that we create, we, we kind of we strengthen the karma which uh, create the situation in the first place. So for a practitioner, a situation like this is a possibility uh, to take responsibility to see, okay, this is my own inner life being reflected to myself. How do we, how do we, one, how do I want to respond to it? So that's how a situation like this for a practitioner becomes uh, a possibility to purify what is called purification or to heal uh, something in your inner life. So to become aware of the first reactivity like fighting about uh, around toilet paper or stealing toilet paper, um, freaking out, uh, becoming, uh, you know, panicking and then uh, become uh, inconsiderate towards others. So that is the first reaction for many, naturally, because that's why we are in this situation. So it's supposed to be there, otherwise we wouldn't be in that situation. But as a practitioner, you would uh, recognize that, uh, learn to be with that unpleasant, narcissistic, violent part of you and, uh, but not allowing it to, not allowing it to take over the driver's seat. Shifting, shifting into that part of you, which acts and is and looks at other people in the way you want the world to be. You're in the world you want your world to be. So a situation like this becomes a reminder for you to uh, to stand up to a way of being with others which you want to which you want to share or which which you which which you want to be the way people relate to each other even if if nobody does does it even if you are the only one I mean, that's the ideal. Most of us will fail with it, obviously. But that's that's the intention, and in, uh, no intention is is a powerful thing to have that intention. I I want to be that one nonviolent, decent person, that compassionate person, and. Uh, and and I want to nurture that. 
it's important for that uh, work to happen uh, uh, to also accept that there is a part in you which is not that nice person. You know, so you need to get in touch with that, feel it. Feel it in your body. And uh, as best as you can, take it into your, into your arms. Take care of that scared, narcissistic little being which feels afraid. So in the in the Tibetan Lojong uh, uh, tradition, in the lineage, and I have received quite a lot of uh, teachings from Lojong masters. They really, I mean, and that's not just you know saying uh, you know they 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 not just say this, but they really like situations like this. They, they really like problems. And they don't like when things are going well, because you know, then then you then then you don't have the opportunity to work on that which is most important. We be when things are going well, we become complacent. Like okay, yeah, it's going well, and you know we get in our routines and you know and just wasting wasting time. I just want to, before the break, I want to share a little story about this. Uh, so one of the practices connected with um, Lojong is uh, the practice called Chö, which is you know, slaughtering the ego. And uh, so the idea in Chö is um, that you not only work with the situation with a difficult situation, you actually go into places uh, where the problems are enhanced. So you kind of consciously seek out uh, challenging situations like cemeteries or haunted places. So you, so you go you go there. And a friend of mine, uh, she told me that. So she was training with one of the Chö masters in Dharamsala. Uh, and it's, it's like a ritualistic practices where you call the problems, where you call uh, the demons, uh, so that so that the the sense of the mini mini me is enhanced, yeah. Because uh, when the sense of the mini of the reactive reactive react, reactive eye is enhanced, then uh, you can you can work with it. I mean, if you have just a boring average day, then that sense is not so strong yeah? so they they consciously in their practices they bring themselves in situations where this reactivity uh, becomes uh, to the comes into the foreground so and they were like a group of practitioners and they were sitting in this uh, in this uh, hut uh, uh, in dharamsala uh, on a slope and it was monsoon and uh, so it had been raining for months, and you know, and and the earth was running down the hill, 
And while they, are, while they were doing the practices, suddenly the, the hut started to move and started to slide down the, uh, the hill and, and the walls fell off and the roof was uh, coming down. And, and, and the master, he was so happy. So he was just sitting there continuing with the ritual and he was saying, wow, it works, it works. It works. So fortunately, uh, we don't need to make prayers that our life, uh, uh, our life uh, will be more difficult. So you know, we are beginners. So let's, uh, uh, you know, let's. Um, we can be modest and just work with the problems of not having toilet paper uh, right now. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to ask Søren, are you in Nepal? No. Ah, you came back. Yeah, I was called back. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so you got on the last flight. Yeah, almost. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, that would have been funny to, uh, <laughs> to connect with you while being in Nepal. I, I'm supposed to be in Nepal right now. Uh, so <laughs> we could have met there, yeah. Yeah, that would uh, be difficult these days, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I mean, now to, now to be in India or Nepal, wow. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's good that you're back. Yes, okay, so uh, let's have a break. And then after the break, we have another meditation. So you can just uh, switch out your camera if you want, and uh, then we will continue quarter past, yeah? So let's continue. So I want to uh, lead a meditation now as an example how one can work with uh, any kind of fear or insecurity, uncertainty. It could be, of course, that you don't experience this kind of feelings. Uh, so then, it's, then there's nothing wrong with you. So it's, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, we respond to situations like this in different ways. You know, some people are quite happy uh, about how things are right now. Um, But uh, but uh, still, uh, so even if you don't experience difficult feelings um, yourself in 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 the response to the situation, uh, so you can uh, connect with uh, with an understanding how other people feel in this situation. So in this uh, meditation, I will invite you to uh, connect with your body and um yeah and 
check uh, if there's any kind of fear, uh, sadness, confusion, you know, so whatever. And then I will invite you to breathe into it, you know, be with it, uh, noticing where it sits in your body. And, um, and then uh, experimenting with or imagine if you drop the word mine, yeah? So you, you just drop the word mine. Uh, and then, um, so we, uh, we relate to the experience of, let's say, anxiety without labeling it, labeling it mine. Yeah. And then with our breath, we breathe into that area, what it needs, care, love. We can think of that area as if it's a child which feels lost. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we, we uh, try to connect with a sense of kindness and love and care to, to that scared aspect in ourselves without calling it mine. And then we try to open the fields uh, and uh, breathing care and kindness and love into the anxiety we all share, you know, the anxiety around us, the fear around us. So that uh, Relating to your confusion, to your anxiety, uh, the uncertainty, um, not as a personal thing, but as something uh, we share as a, as a as a human brotherhood and sisterhood, and um, and then uh, breathing into that field of anxiety, uh, what is needed. So in that way, one can use one's own confusion, one's own anxiety mm, as a way to make a contribution. Yeah. Uh, so you become a center of uh, contributing another kind of energy into your, uh, into your surroundings. Yeah, the, the kind of energy, the kind of loving gaze, which you, which that part in you needs, but also which the people around you need. So it's a, it, it has a bit of a Tonglen, uh, uh, Tonglen, if, if you are familiar with the practice of Tonglen, it has a bit of a Tonglen uh, flavor, uh, this meditation. So let's uh, first, you know, you adjust your posture. Maybe you want to close your eyes. You can also keep your eyes open. And then again, you just take a few moments to shift back into the body, away from the head into the body. First, you can start with the whole body down into your feet and your hands, your belly, 
and just notice what is there. It might be helpful to stabilize your attention a bit with the breath, with the in-breath sliding or dropping into the body. And then with the out-breath softening, allowing uh, the energies to flow where they want to flow. Thoughts become less important. And we can appreciate that we make this uh, gesture together. Nobody is alone. So we are meeting ourselves. on that level of shared humanity. And with the breath sliding. And then I invite you to check in if there's any kind of discomfort, any kind of tension in your body. And if there's no, not, then that's wonderful. But you can remember that there's people around you who are scared So where does your tension, your confusion or your insecurity sit in the body? And with your awareness and your breath, you embrace that area. And uh, while, while you're doing it, it, is, it becomes obvious that you are not that because you're aware of it. Yeah? So you experience some contraction possibly in your body, but you are not that because you are aware. You are the one who's touching it. You are the one who's breathing into it. Where does it sit? Maybe there's a color connected with it. Or what is the quality of the energy of the sensations? 
and just embrace with your awareness and your breath, not getting lost in it, but also not touching it from far away. So you allow yourself to get as close as possible. but you maintain the identity of the one who is observing, the one who is holding, the one who is touching. And the in-breath, holding gently, touching softly, and with the out-breath softening around the edges, if there's resistance. Or as if your breath and your awareness are healing hands, Buddha hands, Jesus' hands. And then we explore what happens if you drop the word mine. So breathing in and touching and holding the discomfort. The discomfort we all share, the fear we all share, the insecurity we all share. So experiencing the energy without giving words to it, without giving meaning to it, and dropping the word mine. As if that uh, part within you is a, is a lost child, a confused child. And with the in-breath, holding softly, touching gently, the discomfort. While you stay in touch with which that which is bigger than you. We can also call upon the support of the Buddhas, of the Dalai Lama.
And then with the out-breaths, you imagine, you feel to give feeling and love. light or as, uh, as if you are a good mother, a good father, holding, holding that child within you. giving that part of you that what it needs. In form of light, of healing energy, of assurance. Not to make a change or you know to get rid of it, but um, really as a as an expression of genuine care, of genuine kindness towards that scared child. with a sense that um, I'm here with you. I'm taking care of you. I'm here with you and I'm willing to touch you. I'm willing to be with you. I'm not going away. So with the in-breath, uh, Holding gently, touching softly, and with the out-breath, giving that part what it needs. And then we open the circle. Um, so just right now, there's many people who experience similar kinds of fear and confusion and insecurity. So breathing into that space, into that shared space, what is needed. So you can imagine how from, from your body, from, from the place where you are, that they are, there's a cloud of 
loving kindness and wisdom spreading into your environment, into this group, and then into your environment where you live. And maybe you can particularly think about a few people in your surroundings, your family who are struggling, your friends who are losing their job or who are sick right now, the older people in your family who are afraid. So we are breathing into that love and kindness, healing. And while you do that, while you do that, while you do that, be aware that there is something bigger. You are looking from a big space. You're looking from a loving space. There's the content, sensations and thoughts and what I say and so on, but there's also something bigger, something which remains undisturbed, where you are looking from. So with the in-breath, holding softly, touching gently, and with the out-breath, sharing kindness, healing, love, calm, into your own inner life and then into the inner life of the people around you. Okay, then come to an end of this meditation. 
if you have your eyes closed and you open them, see if you can stay connected. You know, looking from the softness in your heart uh, into the group. Again, appreciating uh, that we are together. The practice of Tonglen is a really good practice uh, for this time. Uh, and on my SoundCloud profile, I have a whole playlist on, uh, it's called, the playlist is called uh, Transforming Problems. Uh, so you can check that up where I give different instructions on how to do this practice. Uh, different teachings uh, so you can listen to that and try out different ways uh, to practice Tonglen. You know, there's a lot of space for creativity in that practice um, and uh, so that might be helpful if you want to uh, uh, yeah, establish a daily practice in these days where you maybe have more time and definitely Tonglen is a, it's a good is a good practice to go. So the kind of to repeat, uh, so how, why is the practitioner happy <laughs> these days? Uh, so, for, for, so, I mean, you need to take, you need, you need to take your, your, your place as a practitioner. It's simple like that. And like, I mean, a practitioner, one can use the symbol of the, you know, the meditation posture, the gentle posture of being willing to touch what is, meeting yourself and being in contact with, with your inner life. And then using whatever practices speak to you. So the, uh, the first thing I, I mentioned was, uh, why is this a good time for a practitioner? Because it's a reminder of that, that death is certain and the time of death is uncertain. And uh, reflecting uh, on this in these times, of course, it's more real, yeah? It's more, it, it's more real, I mean, very few of us will die uh, from this right now. Yeah? But uh, it is a reminder of that you're going to die soon. And it's uncertain when. So a time like this, particularly if we are locked uh, you know, and we can't move, it's really uh, a time of uh, you know, checking. So how, how ready am I? You know? And so what is left undone? Where do I hold back in my life? What is unexpressed? What uh, is the unlived life in me? And then most of us will have probably a bit of time after the crisis. Uh, to, so we can allow this crisis to, cha to change, uh, to make a difference, to make a change in our life. 
growing on it. And the second uh, point I mentioned is, it's a good time to really uh, reflect on your refuge. Because knowing that you will die soon uh, brings, you know, brings this question, so what do I want to turn to? What do I want to turn to at the time of death? And the queen of Denmark is not a good place to turn to. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. A, she's not a reliable refuge. But uh, there is something within you, something which is undestructible, uncorruptible, which always has been there, is here now, and will be there. And this is a time to make contact with that. And the third is, you know, but of course that's only if that in somehow makes sense to you, you know, the teachings on karma. Uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, it depends, you know, I, I mean, it depends on what kind of map you're using anyway to explain uh, what is happening. Yeah, so. But uh, the teachings on karma, it, it's a helpful map. It's very empowering because um, then it makes a time like this meaningful. And, you know, and the question some people might have, oh, why is this happening? Why is this happening now? What's the meaning of this? Uh, so the kind of the, the teachings on karma, they have a, kind of a good... Uh, it's a, and you don't need to buy this map completely, but it can be a helpful perspective to take for some. Yeah. If you are too much of a rationalist, a materialist, of course, it doesn't make sense. So then you need to find something else to make it, uh, you know, to, to find a perspective, to find a map um, which, uh, which empowers you. And then uh, the last point was uh, that a crisis always has the possibility to enhance our capacity to respond with love to what is happening. And uh, you know, responding with love, uh, and here love in the sense, uh, love which is also imbued with wisdom, yeah? not just kind of romantic love or, you know, but uh, a love, a loving gaze, with, with which is imbued with wisdom, here the wisdom of realizing emptiness. I will talk about this more ne next time. But also the wisdom of seeing that things are non-static and impermanent, that, that they will come and go. So that makes a difficult day and moments of reactivity more easy because you 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 see these are energies which will pass and they and they come and go. They are not that that mm, that they are not that kind of stable as they seem to be sometimes. If we are, you know, if we drop into a place of 
being scared and everything is too much and it's we are confused, then uh, one problem is that we feel, oh, this will last for a long time, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, it will change. So the uh, the summarization uh, to summarize the teaching on Lojong is uh, what I said in the beginning. It's not what is happening; it's what you do, what you what you make out of it. So that's a Greek Greek philosopher, a quote of a Greek philosopher, Epicure. It's not what is happening; it's what you make out of it. And that's always something we can become aware of, and we can inspired by different ways of thinking, uh, reframing what is happening, so that a situation which before just was horrible and terrible suddenly becomes also an opportunity. So are there any questions, comments? Might be a bit difficult to say something in this group because you, you, you don't know everyone, but you know, uh, it's also a, a something uh, generous to you know, ask a question because other people might have the same question. So is there something about what I said or something I didn't say or something you want me to talk about? Stefan, there is one comment in the, the chat. Mm -hmm. It says, I just get a lot into survival mode mentally and mm -hmm. find it difficult to ponder on the real questions these days. Mm -hmm. Maybe you yeah. can say something about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so that could be a good topic for our next meeting next week. Yeah, so uh, mm, one, uh, like one spontaneous uh, direction here for me is uh, what I uh, what I taught before, and that's the rain model. Yeah, uh, like a mindfulness uh, model, kind of compromising some of the aspect of mindfulness practice in a nice model. Uh, so it is uh, so it is recognizing, accepting. So recognizing would mean to recognize, wow, I'm, a, I'm in reactivity, I'm in survival mode. Yeah, to recognize that, to become familiar, familiar with it, to label it. So this is what is happening. I get scared if there's no toilet paper in the shop. It makes me unease. I get into reactivity. Yeah? I mean, it's a stupid example with the toilet paper. There's more serious things happening. I'm aware of that. But, but just as an example, to recognize uh, so where does the reactivity sits in the body? Where, how does it feel? Yeah, how old is it? Do you know it from other from other times? Yeah, so you become familiar with uh, with that which you initially maybe think, oh, I shouldn't feel like that. Yeah, but but that's the most stupid thing ever to say. I shouldn't feel like that. That's madness. Because you feel like that. And, and there's nothing to be ashamed about. You didn't. You don't choose to to regress into survival mode. It's it has its reasons, and it even has its benefits. You know, maybe at one point you need it for your survival as a little girl, 
you know, to, to, to develop these kind of habits, you know, because that was the best choice back then. Yeah. So that's the recognizing. Uh, sometimes that's difficult because we like to think about us, you know, we are these nice people and we are kind and we are generous. And that's true also, but we also suck, you know. I mean, there's also a, monsters, a monster in us. They are not out there, yeah. They are in us. That's why they are out there. If they wouldn't be in us, they wouldn't be in out there with monsters. So that's recognizing. The second is accepting, yeah? So accepting that. And then investigating. So investigating would be a bit of a vipassana practice. So you investigate into your reactivity. You look deeper, not only recognizing it, but you look deeper into it. You look into the energy of it, similar as we did it now. Yeah, so like you, 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 what is it without uh, story, without words? What the, so you go into the vibrational uh, uh, character of, uh, of reactivity. Yeah. And then the, the, the last is the non-identification. So that would be, it's not me, it's not mine. Yeah, so I'm experiencing it, but I am that which is aware. It's part of me, it's part of everyone else, but it's not me, it's not mine. I'm the one who's looking, I'm bigger than that. So, so that means um, uh, the, 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 the reactivity doesn't need to be the driver. Yeah. So if you would deny that that part of you also lives, uh, then it would sneak into the driver's seat. You, you might you know, manage to kind of keep the facade of being a decent person, but the way you act and the way you talk is differently. Yeah. So it's much better to become aware of that reactivity and to be honest and, and to really say to yourself, this is how I feel, wow. I wonder what happens with this when things get really, really difficult with that part which now freaks out because there's no toilet paper. What, is, what happens with that part if there's no food? So it's much better to become aware of that because then you know it, you can recognize it, you, you are in touch with it, and you can choose to put someone else into the driver's seat. And then the last one, uh, the N in the rain, is also uh, sometimes uh, Tara Brach uses uh, nurture, to nurture. So that is a different direction. So to nurture then would be uh, a bit the practice we did now. Uh, so you, you feel the reactivity, you feel the survival mode and nurturing would, would be then to give that little scared being there, the hungry ghost in you, uh, what, what uh, that, that aspect needs. Yeah? Assurance, kindness, being seen, being accepted, um, yeah? being talked to in a kind way. So, so the survival mode being in you, what, what, does it, what does the hungry ghost or the scared being, the scared little girl, what does she need? 
and and then you come from 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 that which is bigger within you and you give and you nurture that part and the survival mode attack if you uh, respond to that to that survival mode attack in this way it it's not going to last long it's um it's um, it's not like a, a long-lasting pattern. So let's see. I, I don't know exactly what I will do next week, but that could be a possibility uh, to go back to the to the rain model. But you could also, um, you know, listen uh, on some teachings I gave on that, either on YouTube or uh, on SoundCloud. There's some some things about uh, about the rain model, and and the, the you know that kind of practice, the rain model practice, that is also good for people who are, you know, who can't handle the Buddhist karma teachings and past and future lives and stuff like that. So it's really down to earth and uh, uh, accessible to every rational materialist. So anything else before we close? I thought maybe um, to have a bit of the possibility to stay connected uh, during the uh, during the coming weeks. So I will do this every Tuesday now uh, with another link, I guess. Uh, so because we kind of try try to figure out something. But I have a Facebook group which is called Beyond Mindfulness. Uh, some of you I uh, might be in that group already. Uh, so I thought that could be. Um, a place where you know if you have some questions or comments um, or some requests what you want me to talk about then uh, we can do that and i will also post uh, this video there yeah so if you want to listen to it again and uh, so i will limit it to this group for now i don't know uh, uh, if you want to do with this video somewhere else but i i, I will upload this video there so you can watch it again. So it's a group called Beyond Mindfulness. So it's a close group, uh, but uh, you know, it's visible. So if you search Beyond Mindfulness, you will find the group, but nobody sees uh, you know, what is posted there or uh, you know, if you are in there or not. So, uh, so maybe that, that could be a way to make some comments uh, after this or before and I can also then share there some of the guided meditations I refer to, or you know, maybe a book. I mean, I didn't refer to a book this time, but I, I might, yeah. So, yeah, so you can join that if you want. Okay, yeah, I'm happy that it worked well and that so many of you showed up. 
and I'm also happy that it's a way to uh, you know connect the different groups I'm teaching. Uh, so there's you know people from Germany, Austria, and uh, you know Sweden, uh, Copenhagen here. So so that's great to bring people a bit together. Uh, and I guess uh, you know it will be a bit more uh, while we go along because people will get more bored in the next in the next few weeks. There will be more time for uh, joining and guided meditation. So it's it's quite nice to uh, uh, to connect with each other and um, to stay connected. Yes. So thank you, uh, Daniel and uh, Martina, for you know struggling with zoom and trying to things trying to do things for many hours and uh, failing yeah so uh, yeah but it's yeah yeah it's like that but once it's settled and people know how to join then uh, it will be more smooth and it was actually surprisingly smooth this meeting usually there's more more struggle of people uh, you know joining and you know to use the technology and so it, it was quite, uh, quite, quite peaceful. This meeting. So yeah, there was a few people that had uh, difficulty getting in, but I think yeah. now that you've figured it out, uh, if there's any issues, you can just write to us on. on... Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. There was a change of link and and so yeah. on. And, uh, yeah. Yes. Mm, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Be well. And uh, yeah, I'm here. So it's up to you if you want to reconnect. Bye.